receivers. They've got a quarterback who might be going to the Hall of Fame. He's only been sacked 20 Is that times. true? Roethlisberger? Yeah. So, really? where did this offense I don't, I don't know. We're just out there playing. My helmet came down on me. Uh... <laughs> when guys come and sit on the couch, I go right after them. Do you respect me for that? No, I don't. Your big dumb desk hiding behind your microphone. You are now listening to The Longer Yard of the Dip Podcast Network. Welcome to The Longer Yard Podcast. I'm Ethan. He's Sam. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, we're going to have some news and notes to kick things off today, and then we're going to finally get around to doing our defensive side year two leaps. Promised we would do it last week. We didn't because, well, uh, behind the scenes look, uh, Ethan got eye surgery, so yeah. doing research on that was a little difficult, we'll say. Yeah, we're, we're still recovering. Um, I can see now. Get a little, it's a little fuzzy at times, like especially when my eyes get tired, but I was able to look up some guys and do some research, but yeah. Well, had a little more some, free time. He's on vacay. Yeah, yeah, on vacay, baby. Um, some other news, I was able to talk to my agent. My 10-day, it got extended to a 25 episode. Hey, atta boy. So, yeah, there we atta go. boy. You were, hey, you earned that. You earned that, my yeah. man. I called him, dude. I was pissed, man. I was like, what are you doing, G-Reg? I'm like, what's <laughs> going on, bro? Like, Sam's got another 25. Hold I got on. another 10. Like, Hold on. Greg Olsen is your agent? Yeah, G-Reg, bro. Third laid Greg. <laughs> how did how did my agent, who's a no-name, no-namer, get a better deal than third leg Greg? Well, because of his reputation. They're just like, they're like, they're like, listen, we just like, bro, we've seen that video. And it's just, that's the guys representing you. We just can't. We're not, we, they talked it out. Everything's fine. They realized that Greg Olson's an absolute beast. Yeah, and they were able to meet in person, and they actually saw his personality. And that he's actually a really funny guy. So, yeah, smoothed it along, real nice. I love that. I love to hear that. Uh, I, I was uh, <laughs> I was getting worried that they might replace you or something like that. You know, I'm sure that was really in the works. Yeah, your agent's like, hey, if like for some reason you don't see Ethan again, like who could be like, say if he gets like he just like just tragic accident, like if he dies. Who could replace him? You know, and you're like, well, actually, this guy's not. And they're like, okay, all right, just curious, you know. And then like, I get the news, and I'm just like, oh, fuck. what is going on in your head right now? Good God, <laughs> we're planning. It's like we're planning a murder. We're recording I just a, like, a, plan, a planned murder. This is how my brain works, dude. I like will run with one thing, and it'll just spin off, and just like I'll create a whole movie or like a story out of like with one thing. It's bad. We got to stand. That track. you We're did. Fine. We're fine. That you We're did. Fine. Yeah. Oh, man. We're going to have to actually just talk about boring things now. <laughs> yeah, We're, guys. We're following um, this up with some boring stuff. <laughs> news and notes. Good. Oh. Yeah. In layman's turn, Greg Olson is my agent. So. All right. I need, I, I can, uh, I need, I need to get my agent to teach Greg how to negotiate. And then I'm going to fire my agent because I also want to hang out with third leg Greg. 
dude, how sweet was that? What if you got Kelsey, Travis Kelsey? Remember when him and Greg Olson did that, like that one chip challenge? Yeah, Travis is my. And guy. they recorded all that. Do you remember that at all? I don't. I think it was. I think it was him and Kelsey. They did like a one chip challenge where it's like that hottest chip in the world yeah. or whatever, and they recorded videos of it and like vlogged it. Okay, I'm looking this up after this. Pod. It's, okay, it's either it's either him and Olson, like Kelsey and Olson, or it's Kelsey and Kittle. But I think it's Greg Olson. It better be Greg Olson because uh, otherwise, you just you took a turn and uh, now it's not connected. And uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's all just going to unfold and unravel <laughs> in front of me. Nah, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, all right, we'll we'll, we'll dive in because let's be honest. Uh, we can chit chat about this all day, and more importantly, we're going to end up chit chatting about random, absolute bullshit for the entire episode. Because yeah. that's what we do. It's, it's what you guys we get off, come. We get off really. topic. Yeah, we get, we're going to get off topic. It's fine. It's why it's why we have listeners. Thank God we have listeners. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> otherwise, the, that twenty five episodes might get shortened real fast. Dude, our um, did you listen to our last episode? The intro of the Cam Jordan. <laughs> I love to did hear I, it, dude. Did I now? I'm like, I'm yeah, like hitting, I'm like tapping my wife on the arm. I'm like, hey, you hear that? I'm like, we fucking, we added that shit. I'm like, how cool does that sound? And she's probably like, what? Yeah, she's unamused. <laughs> Tell her to get her head out of her butt. What the heck? She's just not into football. She's just like, I love that you love it, you know? And I'm like, oh, that's sweet. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> that that does help, you know, when, when, you, yeah. When she throws in that little sweet thing, you're like, I'm hurting dog, but, <laughs> but I feel a little bit better because, yeah. uh, you know, you, you said something nice and uh, what are wives for, you know? <laughs> we'll let the listeners answer that to their own discretion. That's probably a good, good idea. <laughs> I didn't say anything, guys. Could you we'll have some like real horrible answers, like check out emails or like, well, wives are actually for, and you're like, oh, Jesus. Nope. Nope. Didn't do it. Didn't do it. <laughs> Can't, it didn't happen. Yeah, we don't want emails for that. All right. No. Uh, first, first news. Yeah. Minka Fitzpatrick of the Pittsburgh Steelers gets himself a nice little extension. Pretty solid. Uh, he's going to has a four year extension, 18.4 million per year on that. So that's math. It was like 74 mil, roughly. So, well, but more importantly, he got 36 mil guaranteed. So while his AAV is higher, is the highest of any uh, safety. His actual guaranteed money from a team that doesn't give out a ton of guaranteed money is actually it's still uh, in the top of the safety group, but it's like I think third or something like that. So okay, it's very interesting that they had to change it up a little bit, and that's something that part of part of why we want to talk about this is kind of ramifications across the league because. Um, this is not a, a super valuable position based on how teams pay this out. Yeah. Um, so it, it, we'll, we'll kind of see what, what happens because of it. But Mick is obviously he's one, one of the us. top five safeties in the NFL. So um, get his. Yeah, I, saw, I, I saw the, 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 the contract said he's now the highest paid safety in NFL history. I think they're just going to include that with any contract that gets signed for a big star because literally every yeah. contract this offseason has been the biggest contract in NFL history. That's what's going to happen with the rising it's just every year. Yeah, every it's like it's like they are, it's like you know when you have a tweet and you have it saved like the draft, right? That's just like what they add to every tweet for a new contract. They're like, yeah, just throw it in there like, you know. 
yeah, I can't wait for uh, for like Kyler Murray to end up being like highest paid quarterback, and we're all going to be like, okay, like that's good player, right. but okay. Yeah, you you're going to pay him more. You're going to pay him more than Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and guys like that. Like, come on. Well, I, there's Cliff Kingsbury's on record now saying that they're definitely going to make him the highest paid player in team history, which probably isn't a super crazy statement when you think about it. But yeah, I, I just I. That's going to extend out because Kyler was a number one overall pick. Yeah, he ain't going to be accepting of like any sort of chump change contract. And if 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 you're Kingsbury, do you do you part ways with Murray or what? Are you giving him his contract? I mean, realistic. So here's here's really what I think should happen: is Arizona kicks Cliff Kingsbury to the curb, and then finds a coach that can better utilize Kyler. Kyler Murray, yeah. The problem is with that is probably your best bets. I don't even know if they're necessarily head coach material. Like You'd be looking like a Greg Roman, um, who's the offensive coordinator in Baltimore that helped helped Lamar be MVP. I would have been really interested to see if you can get someone like... um, Oh, shoot. The, the former Buffalo Bills OC, who I think he just got a head coaching job. Um, Brian Dable. Yeah, I think he's in uh, okay. he's in New York with the Giants. Oh, um, okay. I would have loved to get him because I think he runs a nice um, dual threat style offense. He can really cater the offense to the quarterback. I just, I don't see Kyler going anywhere. So yeah. you're, you, the question is, do you, do you really think Kings Cliff Kingsbury is the guy and uh, to coach? Him yeah, up and I, I guess you're right. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury is a losing record as a college head coach. He made it to the NFL somehow because he's handsome. That's true. Yeah, you can't deny a handsome he, guy. He's a handsome white guy. I mean, that's just got like an open gate right there. Just you know, like hey, just follow your feet, man. He got and he, he did it like the year after. Sean McVay got his start in LA, which also handsome white guy. So yeah, Sean McVay is a good looking guy. It's just, it's just, it's just became the thing for a short minute of like, Hmm, we need a really good looking charismatic white guy and, uh, make him our, uh, our head coach. Maybe they're good at uh, coaching offense. We'll yeah. find out, you know? Yeah. Well, anyway, so so Minka Fitzpatrick, as we we drifted really far away from him. <laughs> Minka Fitzpatrick gets himself a big deal. Um, I'm I think with with Ben off the books, this is a good time to do this. They're obviously uh, already in line for uh, all of TJ Watt's money. Um, yeah, and you know there really isn't another person after Minka that is like a must sign to a big contract at this point. Um, certainly Cam's, they're, they're, Cam's getting old. Yeah. Cam's probably going to uh, come off the books. Maybe not with a retirement, but certainly for a lesser contract in the near future. Yeah. Um, and then you're just looking at guy, like paying guys off their rookie contracts. Um, so I think this is, a, this is a perfect time to do it. Uh, especially now that, Basically, you you do have a, a rookie quarterback on the rookie wage scale. It's the same thing that the Bengals did when they dropped a Burrow. They paid Joe Mixon. Um, it's the same thing, I believe. It's the same thing that the um, Chargers did 
they have Herbert on a rookie contract, so they paid Mike Williams now. Um, yeah. It's the same thing that uh, Miami's doing with Tyreek Hill. You know, you've got these really good players, um, but you got a quarterback on a rookie contract. Take advantage of it. So that's that's the kind of the plan in Pittsburgh. Uh, give Minka his due. Uh, really good player. I was worried that he wasn't necessarily going to pan out after what happened in Miami where he just could not get on the same page with the coaching staff, but yeah, they found that, a way to make it work. Yeah. They, I think that could have just been the coaching and not playing how he likes to play. And he's just fit so well in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I wonder, um, I, I don't know how their cap space looks, but like, I mean, to me, it seems like they don't have, they're not tied up too much. Maybe they'll make some moves next year. I, I, my guess is that there probably are going to be some moves coming, but again, I would also be looking at what are they doing with their current guys on rookie contracts that are going to be expiring here soon. Yeah, that's um, true. I mean, well, Devin Bush is going into year four, so he's due for his fifth year uh, option. Um, that's a guy that you they may want to consider extending. And if not, that's a bad sign. Um, you know, how, how quickly do you need to get uh, Deontay Johnson a new contract? Um, Chase Claypool's going into year three. So uh, and he's only three. on a four-year deal because he's oh, a okay. first-round pick. No, so yeah. there's another guy that you may have to pay here soon. It just depends on who they really value. Um, but they definitely... If they if they see those 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 dollars open up, yeah, I could see them being really active in free agency. And frankly, they need to because this is one of the top two or three hardest divisions in football right now. Yeah, for sure. I think the only one that you can definitely say is better is the AFC West, and then you have you can argue maybe some other ones like maybe you could argue the NFC West. Um, that's probably it though. Yeah. Because that's what that's the Rams, Rams, 49ers, Cardinals, Cardinals Seahawks. Seahawks are yeah. terrible, trash. But that's the, the thing. Three, all the four other three teams are going to fight for a playoff spot. I promise you. Yeah, I think Arizona all, will still be, even though we predicted that they won't make the playoffs last week. I think they're going to still fight for a playoff spot. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like Seattle is going to be trash, and all four teams in the AFC North are capable of fighting for the division. And the team that we the don't f- think will is Pittsburgh and they've never had a losing record uh, under yeah. Mike Tomlin. And then the AFC West, like all four teams are capable of fighting for that division spot as well. Like I think those two divisions are probably the, the two best divisions in the league. Not like who has the best team overall, but like when you come down to division as a whole, those two are probably the best. Yeah. You're looking for, for competitive across the board. And <laughs> I would expect the, that to be the case in both the AFC West. And, and Honestly, AFC I think, I think the rivalries in the AFC North alone. Oh, they're are heated, the, baby. the best rivalries in football, you know, I, I'm not in football, but like, you're going to, you're going to piss off some people, uh, yeah, who, are, who are, who are like Chicago, Green Bay or like Chicago, Minnesota. Yeah. Or even Green Bay, Minnesota, like that, that, triangle teams like uh that trio uh afc east teams probably would have something to say about it with the jets and um and the, the patriots they absolutely hate each other you got um the Rams seahawks i know that's a good rivalry it's a good rivalry but i don't think they hate each other yeah you know what i mean I, like I think, yeah i know what you're saying you, there, there's got to be some like deep-seated hatred for one another. i i don't know i mean one, one of my um friends he's a huge 49 uh seahawks fan 
he hates the 49ers. I don't know if that he probably hates the 49ers because he felt like that Seattle should have gone to the Super Bowl in what year would that have been 12? The Ravens 49ers Super Bowl. Uh-huh. And the 49ers squeaked one out in the AFC championship or sorry, NFC championship game against Seattle. because uh, mm. it was like it was like Russell's rookie year. Like he just yeah. he wasn't necessarily ready to, to take the leap. It happens. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. AFC but North I, I, are I, insane. As biased as I am, I, I'm I'm happy to run with the uh, AFC North has the best rivalries. Uh no, I maybe we're biased and that's what it is. Like we're blinded by it, but like, I just feel like those, like, I mean, Cincinnati and Cleveland is a huge rivalry. Battle for Cincinnati and Pittsburgh is a huge rivalry. 80. Cleveland and Pittsburgh is a huge rivalry. Yep. Cleveland and Baltimore is a huge rivalry. Like, Oh yeah. The, the, the Cleveland, the, the Browns and the former Browns. Yeah. Dude, the Browns have a, like a huge rivalry with every team. And I'd like, it's huge. Honestly, like one of the most civil, uh, battles in the division has been Baltimore Cincinnati for a while now, and it's been co- really reasonably competitive over the last like twenty years. Like it's almost five hundred. Um, some I think it's last twenty years, something like that. But I will tell you, with the drawing that has been going on in the off season between the two fan bases, that's moving up the board. That's not very civil I think, anymore. <laughs> I think the separation because like you can like other teams and like support them. You're not going to have a single team in the AFC North supporting any other team nope. in the AFC North. Like, it's like, just no, you know, like, it's just like, no. I'm out, man. I'm yeah. out. Hell no. No. That, like, so many, each other. so many people at work, like, this is where I'm like, all right, you guys really aren't football fans because they're like, are you happy? Like, Cincinnati is a Super Bowl. And I was like, no, I'm not happy. Why would I be happy? And they're like, it's a team from Ohio. And I'm like, no. I'm like, it makes it worse that Cincinnati is in the Super Bowl. I'm like, it's literally like one of our biggest. It's like you think that like your biggest rival team is in the Super Bowl, you'd be happy. And they're like, but I mean, I guess not. And I'm like, no, I'm not happy. They're in the Super Bowl. I'm like, good for them, but I'm not happy for them. Like, yeah. And oh, I'd expect the same if it was tur- t- turned around, you know? Yeah. Well, every time that Pittsburgh's made the Super Bowl in my lifetime, I've been, people been like, you're not rooting for Pittsburgh? Hell no. <laughs> Get, kick rocks. I hate them. I want them to lose. I want them to lose embarrassingly. Come on. Ugh. Ain't no way I'm rooting for them. Like, yeah, like again, Baltimore Cincinnati. Do you watch like football? Most, like <laughs> Baltimore Cincinnati's been like the most civil rivalry in the division. And even in 2012, uh, when it was San Francisco Baltimore, how was it? Or 2011, maybe? I don't know. Whatever year it was, I was not rooting for Baltimore to win that. No, I don't, dude. I, no, Baltimore's trash, bro. I'm sorry. I mean, you are. In I live forty-five minutes from that city, yeah, and it's you're just, in a position to where you can talk that smack. It's fucking sketch, bro. I'm some shady people everywhere you fucking go. Just kills me. Well, well, since all the Ravens fans just turned this off, uh, we can keep talking <laughs> about uh, other teams in the division. Um, so, with Minka's <sighs> extension, uh, I think the biggest note to take away from this is what it means for specifically Jesse Bates because. Uh, Right now, I would say he is he is maybe the only um, major safety that hasn't had some sort of contract negotiation recently. Uh-huh. Uh, there might be a couple others that I'm forgetting, um, but maybe they're not due for another year or so. Because Jesse's going to be playing on the franchise tag this year, um, unless they can work out a contract in the next, I think it's month and a half, maybe? Mm-hmm. Month? I think it's mid-July, so months. 
Um, That's that's their deadline to work on it before he has he has to sign the franchise tag, and then most likely, knowing Jesse, he's not going to be interested in negotiating once the season starts. So yeah, they got to lock this down if they want to sign him to a long term deal. And I can probably guess based off of what Minka just got, they ain't signed him to a long term deal. It ain't going to happen. Yeah, it's just it the the amount of money that they would have to invest in Jesse. Because if if you're Jesse's agent and you see Minka Fitzpatrick gets 18.4 million per year over four years, are you even considering something under that? Yeah, you, you'd honestly be like, honestly, like, I mean, we could push for this. I'm gonna, I think we could push for more, honestly, you know, like, right, right. I don't know. It's Jesse. There, there are metrics that that define Jesse Bates as a better player than Minka Fitzpatrick. There are metrics that define Mika Fitzpatrick as a better player than Jesse Bates. So it's, but I guarantee you, agents are going to pull the ones that make their their uh, client look better and put it in front of the uh, the GM's face and say, "Pay my guy." Yeah, they're gonna Jerry. They're gonna Jerry Maguire, bro. Show me the money. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. It's such a good movie. It's so good. But you know what? We'll do a movie review of Jerry Maguire or something like that. We should, we should, <laughs> that if we ever get drive content, we're absolutely just going to start doing football movie reviews. I'm here for it. First one we're doing is draft day. Oh, <laughs> of course. How could I forget? Fonte Mac, no matter what, man. No matter what, baby. Let's go. Because um, you haven't seen it, have you? I have not seen it. Yeah. Don't watch it until we do it. All right. All right. Oh, I, I, I so great. You, I promise you I will not watch until... It's the most Cleveland back. thing ever, I swear. <laughs> to pick a linebacker that would have been available in the round two or something. <sighs> yeah. yeah. On to the next thing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to do it. It's fine. Um, it's fine. Uh, so, so yeah, that's that's the big thing. I, I think Jesse Bates is about to walk because um, he will get... He will get Mika Fitzpatrick money on the open market. It's just not going to come from the Bengals. They just don't value the position. They don't value. Um, they don't value necessarily everything Jesse brings to the table. I don't think they think he's bad or anything. I just don't think that they That's necessarily look at him that he's like this stud defensive yeah. guy that they have to have. And they're going to be earmarking money for. Oh, I don't know, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and they they just drafted um, Dax Hill. Yeah, Dax Hill. They're like, this guy could be his replacement. Yeah, I think that's what most of us are expecting at this point is that he is the Jesse Bates replacement. There's still a glimmer of hope that he could be uh, Jesse Bates' running mate, but I just think with the amount of money that you're going to have to pay Jesse, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. It's not. Oh, well, I'll be sad for that time, but JB3, stud. Super good play. Um, Let's go ahead and jump to your guy. Third round receiver, Terry McLaurin, baby. T-Mac, baby. No, that's Tracy McGrady. Get out of here. Okay, fine. I was just trying to like transition it over to football, but that's fine. I, I'm just saying, man. Like, <laughs> don't, don't ever, don't ever drop a T Mac and be like, it was not, not a, It's gonna be Tracy McGrady every time. Come on, it man. Was I, shot down I, so fast. I had some. Uh, I don't remember what which one they would have been, but I had one of T Mac's uh, signature shoes back in like seventh grade, man. Dude, nice. I rock those bad boys. They were sick. All right, that's fair. 
That's fair. Got, All right, T, uh, Mac, baby. That's fine. All right, we'll go. Uh, I don't. I can't. Even, I can't even think of a nickname for him now. Just thrown. Terry McLaurin. Yeah, our boy. Terry McLaurin. He doesn't need a nickname. Yeah, he, he's, he's notable because he's Terry McLaurin. All right, fair enough. He's he's uh, Ethan's third round uh, for his weapons core for his core four. That's what we call it. The core four. You know what? I love Terry McLaurin so much. I'd take him in the second round of fantasy. Is that a bold take? No. Uh, I don't hate it. It's more of a question. You know what? Do you trust Carson Wentz? That's true. That's true. Do I if, think Terry McLaurin is good enough to be to warrant a second round pick? Yes. If, Do I think he's going to produce enough to be a second round pick? I have doubts. If Terry McLaurin even is a commander. Oh, look at that transition. Talk to yeah. me, baby. Ethan, you, Ethan, you lead it from here, but you, you got this. <sighs> I'll let I'll let you do it. How did it he he what he he spoke to his agent, right? And basically he's not showing up because he's unhappy with Yeah, his, that's uh, right. He didn't show up to training camp. Yeah. You he know what? Not, he ain't happy with that money. Show him who fights. That's right, Terry. Put it in reverse, Terry. Show him you were worth the money. Tell the commanders to show you the money. That, oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> it, he better call. He better call up Greg Olson, baby. Get, get Dude, Greg Olson that he's he just like, agent, baby. He's like, hey, G. Reg, work with me, man. He's like, you got to talk to him. But no, for real, he deserves the money. Yeah, he's a. Uh, he's unquestionably in my mind top fifteen to twenty receiver in the NFL, and certainly capable of moving up that board. Um, Production I mean, wise, production wise, I, he's just he's he struggled with having not good quarterbacks. He's pro- he's produced with having terrible quarterbacks, like correct, because he, he's really freaking good. Either don't give him his money and let him walk and go somewhere else and trade him away or release him or whatever, or build build it around him, like get him a supporting arm. You know, like he, you have so much potential right there that you're just like pissing away with Terry. Like he is a baller, dude. And he's got a good group of receivers around him. You've got uh you have Curtis Samuel, you have Deami Brown, they just drafted Jahan Dotson. You got wide receivers to compliment him. Like it's not uh, it's not like he's on his own and and that's it. Like you've got a nice wide receiver core. Get him a get him a damn quarterback. Yeah, or trade part, him. Yeah, trade him. I want him in Chicago. I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna flat out say it. I want him in Chicago. I wouldn't mind um Dude, him and oh, that would he'd be a nice compliment, like just be great for Justin Fields, bro. Yeah, yeah. the OSU, uh, chemistry not that right they played there. together at uh, OSU, but the OSU connection they, that that's nice bonding opportunity, yeah. dude. Come on, like because frankly, uh, Justin Fields has Darnell Mooney as his number one receiver, which he's fine, like, but, but that's I don't think, number I don't one think anybody's trying to tell you Darnell Mooney's a number one guy, no, they're not. That's like, like on a good squad. That's like your number three guy, basically. You know, yeah, yeah. And like, I, like I'm, I look, I look at like the top trios in in the NFL, or at least in recent years. Like, think about, um, think about Dallas last year. You had Cooper, Gallup, Lamb. Yeah, you taking Mooney over any of them? No, you taking Mooney over any of Cincinnati's trio? No, no way exactly. in that. See. And that's a team's number one guy. Yeah. That is not okay, Chicago. 
Well, and it's not like they have. It's because Chicago's like, well, we we spent all this money on this like beefed up O line, baby. Nope, you sure didn't. Your O line sucks. Yeah, back. I want to help. Out, I just I want to save Justin Fields. I want to get him a, a receiver. T Mac. That's so, your shadow I, team I, I can't guy, bro. Do it. I can't do it. I want to. <laughs> I want to make it work. I couldn't do it. Oh, you immediately tried it. And you're like, I can't do it. Yeah, Justin Fields, my shadow team guy. Absolutely. Yeah. I still got faith in Justin Fields if he goes to a team that actually values him and gives him weapons and gives him an offensive line. I think he has a very good chance of success. And yeah, a coach that knows for sure. what the hell they're doing because Matt Nagy sucks. His yeah, Justin Fields' talent is he's got it. He just he needs he needs help, man. It's like it's like you're looking at Rogers 2.0. Not that he plays like Rogers or anything, but like you're not getting help, man. Like Situationally, I can I see where you're going with this. Yeah, it, it, it's a team that that clearly is not going to invest in in Justin Fields. Not that yeah, Rodgers didn't just have they weapons. Didn't have a first round pick this year, but yeah, not that Rodgers didn't have weapons. He had Adams and Jones, but like you look at their recent drafts. You know, like you said that one episode ten the last ten drafts they spent one pick on an offensive guy, and it was Jordan Love. So like it doesn't help Aaron Rodgers whatsoever. Like. Come on, build. don't don't let this turn into something like what Green Bay did. Like build the team around him. He's young. He's not going to be young forever. I'm good. I want to legitimately look back at something. I want to see the last time Chicago Bears first round picks. I want to see the last time that Chicago drafted a first round offensive player that was not Justin Fields. Yeah, that's so. Mitch Trubisky in 2017. <laughs> Hang on, it gets better. The time before that was Kevin White, wide receiver out of West Virginia. He played a total of like ten games for them. When what year was that? Twenty fifteen. Twenty thirteen. Kyle Long, offensive lineman. Yeah, that's that's decent. But Kyle had some injury issues. But the bigger issue is that uh, since two thousand and six, that would be. 15, 16 drafts, 17, whatever. Think. Yeah. Something like that. Around 15 drafts. 40, almost 40% of those drafts, they didn't even have a first round pick. Dude, what are they doing in that front office, bro? I'm going to look at who they've traded. Why don't you just type in why is Chicago so bad at drafting? I don't know that they're bad at drafting. Damn. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't ask me how much. Um. Okay, so because like in that's right, Chicago they didn't have they didn't have a first round pick this year because they traded it to I think it was Dallas or New York. I think it was New York. Uh, the, the Giants for to get Justin Fields the year before. The two years before that, nineteen and twenty, they didn't have first round picks because they traded uh, for Cleo Mack. Yep. Then you go back to two thousand. 17 was Trubisky, you said. Well, uh, the, they they didn't have... they There was like a three out of four or five years that they didn't have a first-round pick uh, between 2006 and 2010, somewhere in that range. I was just... I wanted to see maybe why they didn't have those, but uh, I don't have quick information on that. Yeah, yeah. 06, 09, and 2010, they didn't have a first-round pick. So, I mean, just, they're just like... They're just trading away first round picks. I don't get it. And not that like first round picks always pan out, but like 
they're first round picks for a reason, you know, like you got that, you see the talent in there. Like you, you want your picks, man. Well, and you look at the, uh, the guys they drafted in the first round, uh, in that time frame, Oh six, no pick Oh seven, Greg third leg, Greg, Greg Olson, who they then let you know, either traded or let him walk to, to Carolina, Carolina where so he, he had a time there potentially hall of fame career. Correct. Uh, then they go Chris Williams, a tackle out of Vanderbilt. I've never even heard of the dude, so he probably wasn't very good. Then you've got uh, uh, Gabe Creamy, tackle out of Wisconsin. Not super familiar with him. Probably didn't work out. Uh, defense in 2012. Kyle Long in 2013. That's actually a pretty decent pick, just had yep. some injury issues. Kyle Fuller, defensive player. Kevin White, injuries galore. Leonard Floyd, defensive player. Mitch Trubisky. Enough, enough said there. And then <laughs> Smith, uh, in 2018, defensive player. They're either not drafting well in the first round or they're drafting defensive players. Sad. Overall, I don't think they're a bad drafting team. Like, like well, yeah, let me rephrase. Like, what are they doing? Yeah, they, not even that, but like, why are you pissing away so many first round picks, bro? I mean, I kind of get it because Cleo Mack's awesome, but then you just like, you just traded it for like nothing. Yeah. What like? And he didn't he didn't pan out with them, you know. Like he had his injuries, and it's unfortunate, you know. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I, I just feel really bad for Justin Fields, guys. I want him to be successful so badly. Where would you like to see him if he could get out? If they could get him out of Chicago, yeah. That's a good question. I know you're like Atlanta could have had him. You know, you're talking about he's he's a Georgia boy. I'd love him in Atlanta just for like where he's from, but I don't necessarily think he'd fit that offense. He fits them. Honestly, I hate saying this. Pittsburgh. He'd be great in Pittsburgh. Yeah, he he yeah. He'd like, be I hate I hate how true that is. Uh he would absolutely crush it in Pittsburgh. Um he's probably two years I think he's probably two years younger than Pickett, too. Yeah, I think he's younger than Pickett. <laughs> That's hilarious. Jeez. Oh my god. Oh my god, why did you why would you draft Kenny Pickett, guys? Oof. Um where else would I think he I mean I think he'd be honestly, I I think he would have been really good in San Francisco. Yeah. I think I think Kyle Shanahan would have crushed it with him. Which they, is funny, they could have took could have drafted him. Yeah, they decided Trey Lance though. I get why Trey Lance is a little more toolsy, like potentially more upside. Like Maybe because he went to North Dakota State. Oh, who was the guy that went to California? Or I can't remember. Scratch that. There was a Cal guy last last year. <sighs> I can't remember who I'm thinking about. Because I was wondering, I was like, if Trey Lance was a cow guy, maybe Kyle Shanahan just liked that West Coast. Like, I don't know. I'm reaching here. I'm genuinely trying to think, but that will get us way off track here. So anyway, uh, Terry McCorn, trade him to uh, Chicago. Please and thank you. Again, enough said. The rails. We'll At Chicago. The rails, like we do. <laughs> 34 minutes in. We still haven't got the second half. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about right. it. And unfortunately, this is going to be a long conversation because we're going to talk about 
big old yikes, Jack Del Rio, and the clown show that he uh, decided to run with. Bum. Yeah, he's 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 uh, he's definitely uh, earned himself a uh, bum status. Love it. Earned it. He's a clown. Hit me with the hit me with the live uh, the what we talked about the live reaction because like I heard all about it. I never really looked into it though. Like yeah, so. Um, Someone who uh, is a legal analyst for CNN uh, tweeted back on January, or I'm sorry, June 6th, about the January 6th committee hearings, just kind of saying, here's what's gonna, going to be happening. Jack Del Rio responds with, would love to understand the, quote, whole story, quote, about why the summer of riots, looting, burning, and destruction of personal property is never scu- discussed, but this is hashtag common sense. That right there is a really good way to uh, to piss some people off. But but wait, there's more. Oh, dude. Unfortunately, there's more. Because uh, following that tweet the next day, during minicamp, uh, reporters asked him about the tweet. And this is he what just he just leaned into it. Oh, he leaned into it. He doubled down, bro. He this is this is what he said. I just asked a simple question. Let's get right down to it. What did I ask? A simple question. Why are we not looking into those things if we're going to talk about it? Why are we not looking into those things? Because it's kind of hard for me to say I can realistically look, look at it. I see the images on TV. People's livelihoods are being destroyed. Businesses are being burned down. No problem. And then we have a dust up at the Capitol. Nothing burned down. And we're going to make that a major deal? I just think it's two kinds of standards. Uh, and if we apply the same standard uh, and we're going to be reasonable with each other, let's have a discussion. That's all it was. Let's have a discussion. We're Americans. Let's talk it through. I'm for us, you know, having a great ability to have a filled life. Like I said, every way which I, way I can, when I'm here, it's about love and respect. I love my guys. I respect my guys. But I also love the fact that I'm American and that means I'm free to express myself and I'm not afraid to do it. Whew. A Man. dust up. Oh, my dude. You know what? Like, you know what? I can't even, I'm not, I'm not, I take it back. You're not even my dude. I can't, I like, I want, I want to, I want try and again, trying to peace and love, baby. You know, it's what you like to, you always sign us off with that. I yeah. can't do it. Buddy. This is like, it's like, you know, when you say those things and then people like, they'll harass you and it kind of, it's like that opportunity where you can like, you like apologize and be like, what I said, like, what I really mean, like, you know, I just apologize and like mean it like that instead of like going that route to like be help just salvage some of it, you know, he was just like, no, I am doubling down on this hardcore. Bomb status. Some, dude. Yeah. Bomb status, man. You, it's like, you can't even like, uh, it's a simple question. <laughs> What are you doing? What are you doing, Jack? But more, here, here's here's my here's my actual takeaway. Because obviously this is not this is a, a very widespread thought. Yeah. So it's I mean it's not fifty percent of the population by any means, but it's not like this is just like some one percent of the population that thinks this way. However, what he's referring to is the summer before 
was the Black Lives Matter protests. Yeah, the, the whole movement and everything. Ethan, I'd be willing to bet that at least 50% of the NFL is African-American. No, yeah, you're... I, I would take that over. I would say the probably the over. If I am a player on his defense in Washington, I am going to head coach Ron Rivera, and I am saying... Coach, I ain't playing for this guy. Yeah, for I mean, as you should though. Like, he's comparing two situations of like, yeah, it would have been better to not see like the riots and things burning and businesses shouldn't to happen. Yep. But it was because of something more like so, a more issue that needed to be addressed, you know. And versus like January sixth was like just fucking ridiculous, really. Based off a lie. <sighs> They stop a lie. And, and, and again, I, I'm not, I, I'm going to admit to the fact that this is not some like very small percentage of the people that believe in this lie. Yeah. So Jack Del Rio is not just some rando crazy person. There's a lot he of people. He follows a lot way. of people that believe yeah. the same thing. So it's such a divided country. Yeah, I mean, we can we can get into that all day, but I probably shouldn't for this particular <laughs> pod. But I, I just like, man, if I'm like, if I'm any of his his black defensive players, and frankly, a lot of his white defensive players might feel similarly to those guys. Um, hey, I bet their teammates. I bet Jack Del Rio loves his AR. Stop it! <laughs> Sorry. Stop it! <laughs> Sorry. He probably Goes sleeps there. with it. Probably <laughs> sleeps with just like you know, curls up next to it, just like good night, honey. Yep, <laughs> love you. And then his wife's like, "What about me?" It's like, whatever, whatever. You're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're there, but <laughs> you look at you. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jack, the real second second bomb of the the podcast. Yeah, and uh, you're the biggest right, bomb, though. Yeah, he's a bigger bomb. Rightfully uh, fined hundred thousand dollars. Probably yeah. should have been more, but uh, I'll take it. And I believe they're earmarking the money to go to um, different groups that are uh, not necessarily Black Lives Matter, but are are helping with. Dude, that's what I love. Man. Like that is like when someone's got to pay something, and that money just goes to like the charity they probably least support. You know, and that's just like yeah. Okay, so there's there's a Dane Cook joke that I absolutely love that I do have to drop in. So he's talking about a guy who sneezes, and he says, you know, God bless you, because it's just a, a very polite, normal thing to do. And yeah. the guy, he says the guy turns to him and says, yeah, I'm an atheist. And he's like, I mean, what, what the hell was I supposed <laughs> to say to this guy? Like, I, I'm not supposed to say bless you because you're an atheist. How am I supposed to know that? So his whole thing is like, all right, so then I realized I need to take the high road. I'm going to ask this guy, well, you know, what does he think happens when he dies? And he's like, well, I think that I become one with the earth. I'm a fertilizer for the soil. He's like, okay. So the guy that's going to become a bush, okay, he just becomes like a tree, whatever it is. I hope that this actually happens. I hope, I hope that he, 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 when he dies, he fertilizes the soil, he becomes this tree, this big, beautiful tree. And then there's a guy with an axe that comes down and chops him down, <laughs> saws him up, and then they turn him into a book and they print the Bible on him. And I'm just like, it's, <laughs> it's like a whole circle like that. 
this is the, it's kind of the same thing here. It's just like yeah, the exact opposite thing that he would want to do with that money. I love. I it. would appreciate that. I'm here for it. I I I believe that's actually what they did. So hopefully serving up some justice. True. You love to see it. You love to see it. You love to see it. All right. Any last words on Jack Del Rio besides calling him a bum seventeen more times? Nah, he doesn't. He isn't worthy of anymore. You know who is worthy of it? Don't say it. <laughs> We're gonna move on to our second year defensive guy. <laughs> year two breakouts. Yeah, we're going to move to our YouTube breakouts. Uh, we have, since we did five on the offense, we're going to do five on the defense. Uh, we're going to do a uh, an edge player, an interior defensive lineman, a linebacker, a corner, and a safety. So, Who do you want to start with, Sam? I like to start up front. I like to start with the, uh, we like to start with the big boys. We respect the big boys. We love the saying? big boys, dude. We love the big boys. So I will let you decide, would you prefer edge or interior? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go edge. I like it. All right. I, uh, to you, Mr. Ethan, who is your year two leap at the edge position? So for the edge, um, and this guy, he had a pretty. Um, he only logged four sacks with them with their year with Buffalo. Gregory rousseau i don't know how you pronounce his last name rousseau rousseau okay he had a he wasn't ter- he wasn't wasn't bad for the bills um but he's got like that natural talent and i think like the addition of von miller it's gonna just like allow this guy to just like really shine and like even if von's not there i still think he is gonna just like shine but the addition of von because von's von draws a lot of attention you know this guy, this opens up a huge window for him. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to quickly look this up, make sure that I am correct in this. I don't think Greg started a lot last year. Yeah. Um. Oh, it does say he started 17 games. Okay. Because I think he was opposite. I think Jerry Hughes was still on the team last year. Apologies if that is not the case, but I do think lining him up across one of the best edge rushers of the last 25 years in Von Miller is yeah. going to be he had, a really, really good thing for him. Yeah, he had four four sacks last year, 50 combined tackles, eight tackles for loss. I think he's he easily hits 15-plus tackle for losses. Yeah. He's, I think he's going to double that. He's probably finished with 80, 90 combined tackles. He'll probably – he could probably – I think he'll double his sack total for sure. I think he mm-hmm. hits eight to ten sacks easily. I like that. I, I think that's a, a good, good option right there. Uh, I he's am, 6'6", 266. He's, that is juice, like he man. he is light, but he's got. I mean, dude, he's he's a beast. He's juiced, baby. Uh, I did not go with Gregor, so I'm going with a player taken uh, very close to him in the draft. Uh, I'm going with. Uh, no longer Jason, but uh, actually going by his given first name, Odafe Owe of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, finished with five sacks last year, um, but only started two games. So uh, that is, to me is a big part of this is that he's going to start. He's going to play more um, super athletic, like absolutely crushed it in the combine. Um, really fast, really uh, agile, um, going to bend around the outside of a lot of offensive tackles. Uh, I think I just think he's in for a really good year. The only thing that's going to hold him back, in my opinion, is the division that he plays in. 
There's going to be a lot of run first teams going on here. Uh, but uh, I think, I just think when he has the opportunity to pin his ears back, get after the quarterback, I see a really good year for him. Uh, I was very high on him coming out. Um, he's just, he's, he's a freak of nature athlete. I mean, that's, that's, that's what you're looking for. Yeah. Uh, from, from top tier edge rushers. So, uh, Odafeo is, uh, is my guy there. So let's go ahead and jump to the interior and, uh, I'll go ahead and lead us off here and kind of go back and forth, uh, who gets to, to kick things off. Um, I'm looking at a guy who I think in the right role, this is, this is why he's going to have a good year because I don't think he necessarily plays every snap because of who he's going to be paired with. Um, I'm looking at Milton Williams, uh, defensive tackle for the Philadelphia Eagles. I know that can be a little difficult when you consider the fact that uh, you still have uh, Jordan Davis. They drafted him very early in the first round. Um, and then you still have Cox as yeah, the other side him for another year. Yeah. So I, like, I understand why there might be some concerns there, but Milton Williams is when I say small, I obviously don't mean as a person. I just mean for his position, he's only 290 pounds. I think you're going to see him best used as a pure pass rusher only, um, only two sacks last year. Uh, but I think, I think maybe some of the issue is that maybe he was used uh, potentially too much uh, on rundowns. This allows those rundowns to really be about Davis and Cox. And uh, then you can bring him in purely as that pass rushing specialist on the interior and allow him to, uh, to really get after the quarterback, shine as best he can. Um, and, and frankly, it's going to keep everyone a little more refreshed. Uh, if you've got that nice rotation of uh, of three potential high end guys, I was considering a couple other guys for uh, the interior position here, uh, but because I was worried about potentially doubling up on some teams, I kind of wanted to spread that love out. Uh, I didn't end up going with them. So hopefully, Ethan, you are going to uh, you're going to jump in with one of the names I was also looking. Yeah, at. I, I mean, I had I had two guys lined up too. Um, Christian Barmore and Aleem McNeil from the Lions. Christian Barmore plays for Patriots. Christian Barmore had a great year last year. Um, and I'm going with Aleem McNeil because I think like Christian Barmore had such a good year last year as a rookie that, yeah, he probably will be better. Will he make that jump like we're that year two jump like what we're talking about? No, I don't think he will. Um, but I think Aleem does because he only started six games last year. He played all 17, but he only started six. But he's got. He's that nose tackle guy. He's 6'2", 330. He's a big boy. He he's he's a role player. He's that run stopper right at like clog the holes. And he's got the starting job locked down right now is that nose tackle. They just added Aiden Hutchinson. That's gonna be even more pressure applied. I think he has like the production will just see a huge increase, you know, for this guy. Yeah, he's the type that he's not gonna generate necessarily a ton of pass rush capability on his own. So if you pair him next to a guy that's going to get after the quarterback and that's what they're hoping Aiden Hutchinson is, I think you can see a lot better production from him from that interior position. But as you said, great run stuffing body. Um, I, I was a big fan of his coming out. Uh, I thought they may, may have taken him a little earlier than I probably would have, um, but he was a name I was considering for this, yeah. uh, for this conversation. The other one was his teammate Levi on uh out of Washington. Uh, they're just, 
very different players. And that was part of the, the difficulty I had with which one to pick where you, you've talked about Aleem is, uh, is that run stuffing type Levi and Luzerike is a pass rushing type, a little smaller, um, or in terms of, of weight, but not necessary. And I think he's more lengthy than, uh, Alina. So it's just a very different Hopefully, hopefully Detroit can get it right with those two guys. Cause now you got yeah. two positions locked down for years, man. Yeah. And three with Aiden Hutchinson, like that front four is going to look real nice because they Detroit runs that three four like often. Yeah, so yeah, like, you, that would be real nice if you can play. Aiden may have to put on a little bit of weight to use him as kind of a three to four defensive end. My guess is that if they're running true base defense, Aiden probably lines up as a stand up linebacker. Okay, um, yeah. but kind of like a I TJ. Actually think, I actually think that Aiden would be really good as like a hand in the dirt three four defensive end. Like I think that yeah. actually might play really nicely so uh, it just depends on what they what how they want to do it obviously they're going to be a nickel a ton so that's may, maybe he, neither here nor there but um yeah lee mcneil i think it was a great pick on your part um again he was definitely a name i was considering for this um so we'll go ahead and jump back to the uh the back part of that, of that front seven looking at the linebacker core. making our way back making our way back uh making our way downtown oh no we might get a we might get a copyright. <laughs> Vanessa Carlton might call. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to have to pay her with our zero dollars of, <laughs> our, of money here. We got a pair of royalties. <laughs> Shoot. Uh, anyway, uh, linebackers. Um, I, Ethan, I will let you kick this one off. Uh, who, who are you considering here? I had I had two guys as well, just like the DL and like same boat, kind of as like the D lineman, where I'm like, got two guys, but one guy had such a good year that he won't make that like year two leap like we're we're talking here which was you know jock from cleveland like he he plays he he yeah he's a beast um i think he'll have better year um than he did last year because he'll be hopefully out on the field for all 17 games um and not miss any hopefully um fingers crossed yeah i, I but, love jok so I, i'm hoping for that yeah too. but the other guy is um divine diablo he is a like you had mentioned, he's a safety convert. He, he plays like both roles, kind of like a Jabril, you know, like he's, he can play safety linebacker kind of thing. Um, but he's getting, he's getting the starting side, starting job for the strong side linebacker this year for the Raiders. And he only started, I think five games last year. And so like, he's obviously going to do real well in pass cut coverage situations, I think. And he might even like surprise you, like when it comes to the run, you know, and I just think that his production will just skyrocket compared to the last year, you know? Yeah, he's a safety convert, uh, as you said, mostly because he's not quite the athlete that you'd want at the safety position. But when you yeah. compare him to as an athlete to linebackers, he's uh, he's definitely up there as one of the the more rangy speed guys for that position group. Um, I think he's going to be really good in pass coverage uh, uh, for tight ends and running backs. Like hey, somebody's got to cover Travis Kelsey in this division. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's that's the type of guy that I'm I'm definitely looking at for that kind of role. Um, I think there's also with that convert, there's going to be some growing pains that we may have seen last year. Uh, you know where he he didn't necessarily show out because he's learning a different position. And I think yeah. this is the year that he can kind of take that leap to say, um, I am a true linebacker, and, and I'm gonna I'm here to to play this position, and I'm here to stay. Um, this was my pick as well. I, I'm I'm definitely on the Divine Diablo train. I remember the draft last year when he was, I think, the third safety in the entire draft that the Raiders picked, and I was like, "What in the world are these guys doing?" 
Yeah. And I saw that uh, they're planning on moving him to linebacker. And I was like, okay, that makes a and little more sense. Who knows too? If he's like, if he shows out as like strong side linebacker and like great in the coverage for linebackers and like, you know, covering tight ends and stuff like that. Maybe after a couple of years, he converts to like middle linebacker and just takes over like, like a Bobby Wagner, like a Fred Warner, you know? Yeah. I don't know if he's got quite the mass for, for that. Yeah. But, but I hear you like in terms of like his, his coverage ability, like he definitely has that kind of potential. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not against kind of where you're at there, but I think him and Denzel Perryman will be, uh, will be the duo for at linebacker for them. I know Jayon Brown is in the mix, but I don't know, man. Like I just, I just don't see, see him holding back Divine Diablo from being able to play. So, yeah. uh, so I'm, I'm with you there. That, that was my selection. Uh, so let's go ahead and go move to the outside. Look at the cornerbacks. Um, I'm going to make some Ohio state fans kind of upset here. Uh, because I think Jeff Akuda might be washed. Even if it's injury related, I don't think he's going to work out because he cannot stay on the field. And when he's been on the field, he's been bad. So I'm looking at, I'm so sorry when I butcher this name. Uh, I believe it is Ifiatu Melifonwu. Uh, that sounds, that just sounds right. It, you know what? It can be whatever <laughs> I want it to be, baby. Let's go. Um, he was a third round pick out of Syracuse last year. Um, he did get some playing time uh, again because, oh, yeah, Jeff Kuda gets hurt. It's kind of the, the name of the game at this point, unfortunately. But, um, but he, did, wasn't, he wasn't necessarily what you're hoping. Uh, he, he's a super athlete. He's not a super technician. And I think what they needed from him was to be a little bit more of a technician. Uh, but uh, get, played in seven games, started four, um, 15 tackles. Um, did have two fumble recoveries, which is, uh, interesting, but, um, uh, but yeah, no, uh, no interceptions or anything like that. So, uh, I think that's, that's my biggest concern with him is that he may not have the ball skills needed to succeed in this kind of position, but I don't know. I, I just, I think, I think there's room for him because again, I'm not, I'm not buying into Jeff right now. He just has not given me a reason to to have a lot of faith in him. So Ifiatu Melifonwu is my guy here. I like it. I like it. My guy is, um, he plays for the Panthers. He season got cut short because of an injury. So he only played a few games, um, but it's JC Horn for the Panthers. Um, you know, he had an ankle foot injury, which stopped him from, you know, playing the whole season. But I mean, he's supposed like, he, he's probably going to be there they're CB one. Like he's going to lock it down. Most definitely. Um, so maybe you don't see it like statistically, but like, I think as like his talent, you can see like, all right, this guy can compete with wide receiver ones. And I think he can, he, I mean, he, I don't know who else they got that will like compete, but he like, he possesses all the tools, you know, like he's, he can do it. He just got a matter of staying healthy and hopefully that you see him play all 17 next year. Cause I know he only played, Three games last year, he had an interception. In one of those games, only had five combined tackles. Like you're gonna, I mean, anything that he does will be an increase. But I think, like, had he even played a full season, like, I think he's locking it down this year and doubling it. Yeah, uh, that is a son of Joe Horn, J.C. Horn. Uh, yeah. So I'm right right away when I knew that going into the the draft last year, I was like, I already love this guy. Because Joe Horn, I mean, you get you got to shout out Joe Horn and then just immediately pretend that you're on a cell phone 
because of that uh, <laughs> celebration where he like, pulls the cell phone out from underneath the uh, the padding on the um, uh, on the field goal po- field goal post. But uh, yeah, I, I I really like JC Horn. I don't know if I would have had him as CB one last year going into the draft. I was definitely on the Pats or yeah. train, um, but. He's just he's a he's a really good athlete and he's actually really long for the position. Um, very a really strong kid. Um, he's gonna have he has both both the top two guys obviously have great pedigree in Horn and Sertain. Um, Sertain was a guy that I didn't consider because I thought he had a pretty darn good year. Um, so when you look at guys who are going to be given a chance to succeed, uh, certainly J.C. Horn falls under that and have the talent to to succeed. He definitely falls under that too. So yeah, makes total sense uh, in my opinion. Uh, I'm I, like you. I'm also I'm hoping for a, a healthy year for him because I think he uh, I think he can be that potential true cover corner that they need in a division that uh, does go against the Mike Thomases, the Mike Evans. Um, you know, they're they're going to see some good receivers. So uh, I, I like it from that perspective. Def, uh, definitely uh, safety. Wrap us up on these year two leaps. Where are you looking for that safety position? My guy is Javon Holland, plays for Miami. He's got he started 13 games last year. So and he's already got the I believe it's the free safety spot lockdown. Um yes, I believe so. Yeah. So he's got the and Miami's secondary is it's not bad. I mean they got they got Byron I would say Jones. it's a little better than not bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think like the addition of like them having Byron Jones, like he's gonna lock down some guys. And so that creates those windows for him for probably more interceptions, honestly. And he wasn't terrible through 13 games. Like he had two two picks. I think you, you probably see a big increase in that, honestly. 69 combined tackles. I think you'll see He'd probably push maybe, I say 90, 90 combined, 90 to 100. I think you can easily see that with him, like in their secondary. I think he's he's not a not a heavy guy. He's like he's six one, one ninety five. So he's a lot on the lighter and smaller side. But I mean, he's probably he's got speed. I don't see yeah. him getting burnt too much. No, no, he's he had, he was one that I felt like maybe graduated from this potential conversation, but he was like right on that cusp where I was like, maybe, maybe I include, I don't know what to do with that. Um, but he's, he, I mean, he's, he's really good. So, um, yeah, so I, I'm, I think it's, it's one worth talking about, uh, kind of as that extra secondary piece for, they've got some great corners. Um, they really need that safety position to show out. And I think he's the guy that's going to, uh, give give them that kind of production this year, um, yeah. So I like the I like the call there uh, for my guy. I am looking at uh, Richie Grant out of Atlanta. Richie Grant, um, right? He was he was the second uh, safety taken last year. Um, I will say I, I I thought about Trayvon Merrick, but I think again he's a guy that I, that graduated out of this conversation. He was really good uh, for uh, uh, Las Vegas last year. And, you know, like I said before, I kind of want to share some love, talk about some different teams. So I didn't necessarily want to get too much into uh, the Raiders after we talked about Divine Diablo. So uh, yeah. this worked out nicely. So let's talk about some Atlanta Falcons football. 
and then let's never talk about them again because they're going to be terrible. <laughs> um, but he played all 16 games, or I'm sorry, they, they played 17 now. Good Lord, I'm going to have to get used to that. Uh, he played 16 games, did not start in any of them. Uh, 35 tackles last year, so definitely some room to grow. Um, he's not, depending on where you look, he may not be listed as the starter. I think he's too high of a pedigree when you talk about a, a former second-round pick that you don't see him starting this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless he is whew, really not the guy, you know what I mean? Like uh, if, if he's not, if, if he's not starting this year, I think that goes to show you that he's not going to be a guy. Um, but I do think he's going to get the chance to start. And I think he's going to get the chance to be really good. Um, he's going to be playing in more of that, that free safety style role. Uh, but I do think he has a little bit more um versatility maybe than some of these other guys. Like when I think about Trayvon Merrick, that is a guy who is strictly a free safety. I think Richie Grant can do a little bit more. I don't think he's strictly free safety or strictly box safety. Um, he he kind of has that, that ability to, to be flexed around the defense. Yeah. Um, there's a chance that we may really look back on, um, on Atlanta's secondary this year, despite the fact that they're, I think they'll be really bad overall. They may end up having a really nice looking secondary. Um, and I do think Richard Grant plays a role on that. So uh, yeah, that's my absolutely. guy that I'm going with uh, to kind of round things out. So uh, let's quickly do a, a kind of go down your list there. Uh, remind everyone who you picked for your year two leaps. So that way, when we are correct, we can rub it in everyone's faces. I like it. All right. So we got starting off with our edge, the um, defensive end. We got Gregory Roussel. Is that how you said it, right? Rousseau. Rousseau, Rousseau from Buffalo. Then moving on to our D lineman, we got Aleem McNeil from the Lions. Moving up to linebacker, we pick, we both picked Divine Diablo from Oakland. So for Las Vegas, let me rephrase. And then for my I've already corner, done I've already done it. So <laughs> not today, my, but we've done it in the past. For my CB, JC Horn for the Panthers. And then my safety finishing off with Javon Holland from the Dolphins. I had Odafe Owe at edge from the Baltimore Ravens. I had uh, uh, Milton Williams from the Philadelphia Eagles for defensive interior defensive lineman. As you said, I also shared in the Divine Diablo hype uh, at linebacker for the Raiders. I have Ifiatu Melifanwu from the Detroit Lions at CB and Richie Grant at the safety position for Atlanta. Um, I, th- I think this is just going to end up being a strong class overall. That's kind of the fun part about this. I think... I don't think we have to necessarily go too far down the draft board to find these these guys that are going to be really good. I think that's kind yeah. of that's the way that I'm kind of looking at this. You know, we neither of us were looking at fifth, sixth, seventh round picks and being like putting our stamp down on this bad boy. <laughs> yeah. like, okay, what do you what do you what, what gives you that hope? You know, yeah. Um, you know, but I I I still think you're going to see a lot of uh, top level performers from this draft class on that. Uh, across both defense and offense, but obviously with the focus on defense today. Yeah. I, you know, I'm going to be happy when like we have one guy that's, we picked together and our other guys, like if we, if we nail all five, how sweet would that be? So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. Let's go. <laughs> hey, get it. Wouldn't be the first time we're right. Cause we're going to be right about all of our freaking, other predictions we did earlier? I don't know how we're going to be right about all of them because I think we disagreed on some of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. We did. We're going to, hey, if we're, 
It's fine. It's fine. It'll well, all work itself definitely out. definitely be right about those. Yeah. Just saying. Oh, my goodness. Uh, before, we, uh, before we wrap up here, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we obviously have all of our sister podcasts, Chalk Talk on the Pine for Major League Baseball. Uh, NBA Finals wrapping up here. Uh, we'll see if the Warriors close out here or if the Celtics can uh, end up coming back and, and winning uh, the series. Uh, check out Ben and Adam on the Hoop Forum. And then, I say it every week, we got the dip. <laughs> Pop Culture Podcast. Uh, I believe uh, it is also going to be Ben and Adam uh, doing that. So part of the reason that they are, have not done the dip is because uh, they have the Hoop Forum going on. So this will... The the load will lighten when no when no games are going on. So uh, if you love if you love Ben and Adam as much as we do, uh, definitely make sure to check out uh, the dip uh, for pop culture coming up. My understanding is that they're going to be focused in on the Kendrick Lamar album that dropped uh, about a, like a month ago now for their first episode. So if you're a big Kendrick Lamar fan. I am not, <laughs> but if you are, I recommend wholeheartedly. I did not need to throw that in, but that's okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. 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 Nothing's funny to me. (laughs) Gotta go full Derek Anderson, baby. Oh, God. Your boy, Derek Anderson. Go Brownie. Come on. Yeah. 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 All right. We'll wrap it up there. Uh, Really appreciate everyone listening. Ethan, I pass it to you. Hey, like always, guys, with peace and love, OJ. Peace and love. Amen. We'll catch you guys on the next one.